Have you ever thought about selling everything and moving into a tiny house? I think this idea is probably split right down the middle with some people dreaming of this adventure while others are saying this is something I could never do. On today's show, I'm chatting with one of my dear friends, Janelle Hooper from Home with the Hoopers, about why they decided to downsize their belongings, sell their 3,000 square foot home, and move into an RV for over four years. We cover everything from how she was able to find alone time to how her laundry routine has kept her sane while living in a small space. We also talk about how living more minimal has helped her and Andrew discover what matters most to them and how that has also helped them to decide how they're going to build their new home. I met Janelle on Instagram while both of our families were living in RVs. But unlike our family, they have been able to work while traveling all over the United States. We actually got to meet them in person when they came and stayed on our property in Florida shortly after we bought our farmhouse. They have two boys, Corbett who is eight and Wyatt who is six, and they're able to homeschool them while they travel. Andrew's able to work on the road as a chief financial officer with his company who's based out of Texas. And though Janelle said that she loved her career as a nurse, she has found so much joy and fulfillment being with her family full time. And since being with her children full-time, she's also discovered that one of her children has a special learning need, and homeschooling has been able to provide her with the opportunity to cater his education. They have recently sold their RV and are currently building their dream home near their families in Texas. You can follow their story and connect with them more on Instagram at Home with the Hoopers. If you've ever been curious about what life is really like living in a tiny house or an RV, while traveling with your family, you're definitely going to want to tune in for today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Habits and Home Show. I'm your host, Lisa Lazat, and I help busy moms bring order to their homes by downsizing and decluttering and ditching old habits in exchange for systems that bring peace and more enjoyment to their lives. We have too much stuff not enough space or time, and lack the motivation to get our life together. We need simplified solutions to tame the chaos around us and be available, both mind and body, to experience all the joy that life has to offer. Are you ready, friend? Let's get started. Hi, Janelle, and welcome to the Habits and Home Show. I am so excited to have you here. You are such a good friend of mine, and I'm excited for you to share your story and to talk about tiny living because that is something that we shared together. We both lived in an RV at some point during our marriage recently, and it taught us a lot of different things. I know it did for me. And I just cannot wait to hear your story for you to share it. So yeah, I just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so excited to do this with you. It's yeah. been so much fun. So first of all, let's just talk about, um, tell me about your family. Tell me who is a part of your family, how you and your husband met, and let's just start from there. Okay. So, um, my husband's name is Andrew and we have two little boys, um, Corbin and Wyatt. Uh, they are currently eight and six years old. Um, and Andrew and I actually met on a cruise ship 
um, I, he was a senior in college at Texas A&M and I had already graduated. So I was working and I was actually on the cruise ship for a friend's bachelorette party that weekend. And he was there with his family and a bunch of people from a small town. And we just, it was love at first sight pretty much and headed off and we're engaged seven months later and we're celebrating our 11th, uh, wedding anniversary this year. So it's been a wild ride. (laughs) I absolutely love that story. And every time you tell it, it just, it just thrills my heart. And, um, so Janelle and I, we met on Instagram and we were both living in an RV and I would love for you to tell people why you, your family, you and your husband decided to move into an RV, take us through that decision-making and that story. So about five years ago, um, Andrew, we had bought an RV as like a weekend um, getaway. So we were taking it to like state parks all the time and stuff. And Andrew had lived in an RV in college versus the dorms. And he, so he was already pretty familiar with that lifestyle. And he would always bring it up to me just kind of jokingly that we could like move into an RV and save all this money and then buy land. And I was not here for it. Like I would just shoot him down. I was like, that's not going to work out. Like that's not, I didn't think that's why we bought this RV. Like we cannot be talking about this. Um, but the more we went on these like weekend trips, it was so freeing and I really truly loved it. And it, 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 it became to me almost a point of dread of going home, um, to our neighborhood and like our backyard that was so tiny and we didn't have any room for our dog and the kids to run around. And, um, I just had so much stuff. So my home became a place of overwhelm and the RV became this like world of retreat. And so Andrew just kept bringing it up and he's like, what if we, he's like, I promise you, I'm going to put a six month timeline on it. Um, and just kind of laid the finances out to me and was like, this is our plan. This is going to be our literal and um, vehicle to get us to our dream of buying land and having a house and just um, having that lifestyle. He grew up on 40 acres and had cattle. And so living in the country was always a desire of his and something that we thought would happen eventually. Um, he was just ready for it way sooner than we anticipated in our like family timeline. Um, so he put the six month limit on it and I was like, okay, I can commit to six months. Promise me. It's like not much longer. He promised if we didn't find land in that time frame, we'd buy another house. We'd get out of the RV. Um, at that point in time, the boys were three Corbin was three years old and Wyatt was 15 months old. Um, so very, very little. And, it was something like I could commit to six months knowing that there was an end in sight. And so we um, sold our house, moved into the RV and it turned into something so beautiful that we couldn't have anticipated. And we both absolutely fell in love with it. Um, the feeling of being debt free, we were able to pay off everything. Um, and then we, God just p- kept putting all these opportunities in front of us. And we had the opportunity to park host to the state park, um, And with doing that, we didn't have any bills. We were both still working, but since we were park hosting, we got to stay there for free. So it even got rid of that monthly RV cost for us. And so there was so much opportunity um, that was rooted in it. And then we started traveling and it just kept evolving. It went way past. We we were four and a half years in before we stopped. And so it was definitely something that... um, 
God placed in our lives and in our hearts and it evolved and um, we adapted and grew so much through that process. And it was a really beautiful thing. So, but it wasn't easy. It was not easy. It was a lot of, it was very refining. And Andrew agrees that this, it was the most refining time in our lives and our marriage um, and as the family unit as a whole. So I love all of that. And I got chill bumps listening to you and hearing your story because I lived that lifestyle, not as long as you did, but, um, I know what it was like and I know what it was like to feel in your home. It was just so much stuff. So let's, let's go back just a little bit. And I, I love the way you said you felt like the RV was a retreat and your home felt like almost like it was a prison. Like it just had so much stuff. So what was the process of you downsizing? Because you, did you say you had a 3000? Our house was 3000 square feet. So how, what was the process like for you to get rid of things? I mean, tell us, you know, did you get rid of anything? Did you donate? Did you have yard sales? Did you put things in storage units? Did family help you by keeping some stuff? What was the process like? And what were, what did you decide to hang on to? Um, uh, it was interesting. Um, I was very much, Andrew and I were pretty much split teams on this. And so it was kind of hard. We had, had to meet in a, a happy medium place because in his mindset, we were doing this for six months. So he did not want to go out and sell everything, you know, go get down to the bare bones. Cause in six months we were going to either be in a house again, or hopefully be on land and building. And he didn't want to go have to replace like furniture and all that stuff in such a short amount of time frame with things that we had already purchased and paid off. Like we don't have any debt as far as things that we had in our house, like our couches and our a TV and beds and stuff. Um, so he very much wanted to save everything. I was in the mindset of like, sell it all. Cause it was easier that way. I was not, there was a very few things that I was emotionally attached to. And that's a piano that Andrew's grandmother had given him when he was a little boy that he learned to play piano on that we, I, um, had had completely refinished myself and put like a lot of work into it. And then when we first moved into our house, we were very house poor. We had no money and we built a dining room table together. And that was our very first piece of furniture. And so that was something that I really wanted to um, hang on to. Cause it was like, it's a beautiful farmhouse, wooden table, something that can last, um, generations. Um, and so those were my like must-haves and the baby crib. Like there was a couple, cause the boys were still so young at that point in time that I was not willing to part with some of the baby items. We still wanted to grow our family. And I was just very sentimental with, um, some of those things. So I had a, a list of like my must-have save items. And then Andrew was very much like save it all. And so we kind of approached it with, um, decluttering first and getting rid of as much junk as we wanted. We pretty much narrowed it down to like furniture items that he wanted to save. We knew that appliances really don't store well. Um, so we ended up giving our refrigerator to my sister and her husband to put in the garage because they needed an extra refrigerator. I think we sold, um, the washing machine and dryer pretty easily on Facebook marketplace. Um, and everything else went with the house. When we sold our house, the buyers, um, had chose to keep a couple things and actually some like, uh, decor and furnishings in the house they wanted to keep as well. So those sold with the house. Um, but at the end of the day, 
we did end up storing, we ended up getting a storage unit in Katy um, and storing way more that we both laugh about it now because, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you live and you learn and um, it's, it's, it's just humorous. We just laugh because it was, we're such different people now than we were at that point in time. And if we could go back now being the people we are now, it would have looked at like a totally different process. Um, we got rid of a lot of junk, but like for the boys, I, I felt like they needed all these toys. So I had all these different bins and I'd set up this toy rotation system for them. And my plan was, cause we were stationary those first two years that every two weeks I would go to my sister's house. Cause we kept those bins in her garage and I would switch out the toys for the boys, you know, so they would have new toys constantly. And I, I thought that I had great systems in place. Um, but when we actually moved into the RV, it was just I, we had way too much. We brought too much with us that whole process. And so then it was a process of like refining what we thought we needed in the RV and downsizing from that. Um, and then just constantly living in a state of downsizing to the point of where all the stuff that I thought I would eventually bring in or trade out never happened. And I became, um, just so content with what I had and being able to see everything that I had. And I knew that everything that I had, I needed, and I was using it all the time. And if I wasn't using it, it was going away. It was going in my goodwill pile or to the pile to go to the storage unit. Um, and so it very quickly um, learned from what we needed and what we didn't need. But the process of moving out of the house for me was extremely overwhelming because I, I just didn't know. We, we had three main piles. We had like a trash pile, a donate pile, and a storage pile and then a camper pile. And so we ended up pulling the camper in front of the house and we put everything from the camper pile into the camper and then just would continually sift through everything else. Um, but like I said, it was, a, it was a constant process. Like it, it took a lot of time and we were very, we're very quick in a lot of our decisions. So just kind of the people we are and we decide we're going to do something, we do it and we do it like 110%. We don't really like dwell on it or think about it for a long time. So when we decided we were going to sell our house, it was like from two weeks, we were going to go on this two week trial run to live in the RV at the RV park and make sure we could stay in there for that long of time. So we'd only ever done weekends and we weren't going to like kill each other. And I think like five days in, we contacted our realtor and we're like, list the house. So it was very quick. And, um, then our house sold very quick and they, they wanted a quick close. We had like, I think six weeks from the day it sold to our closing date. So it was kind of like a mad dash where hindsight again, I wish I would have spent more time prior to the house selling, like really starting to dig through closets and go through things and um, really build those systems in. But I wasn't that person then. And that's one thing that this process has changed me as a person to give me that knowledge that I didn't have then that I do have now. And that, that I love so much about RV life is that it's just changed us for the better. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I love how you said that it was a, a refining and that it wasn't that you, when you got into the RV, you realize that you still had too much stuff. And sometimes that's what we do when we downsize our, our living quarters and our space, we still feel claustrophobic. And we're like, I really don't need this. I can shed a little bit more. And I, I love that you said that. And it was a, um, a continual process. I love how you had all of these grand ideas of 
that you would rotate the toys and looking back, you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, that would have been a lot of work, but you really don't know what you need until you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah, And how much your kids don't need, you know, it's like, that's one thing that I, and it's been so good for them. And it's something that we struggle with now being out of the RV, um, is, really trying to not get back into that place of too much. All right. So let's talk about how life has been living tiny. Um, first of all, do a a lot of people, when they think of tiny living, they think that it's going to make them feel uncomfortable that they're not going to have enough room. Everybody's going to feel claustrophobic. How has that been for y'all? And have you felt like you didn't have enough room? Um, the transition period was definitely hard. I would say to give yourself a grace period of like six months for me is kind of what I did. Um, I didn't know I was giving myself that grace period, but, um, I needed it. And once I kind of hit that mark, I absolutely fell in love with it. Like it was so wonderful. Um, but we did have to learn our flow of like maneuvering around the RV and only having one bathroom and one shower and one sink. Um, but it, it worked wonderful for us and it wasn't hard. We never felt like we didn't have enough space. Once we got our stuff under control, everything else fell into place. Um, and that was not a problem. And we're big people. I'm six foot. My husband is six, four and our boys are tall. And so we definitely can speak to that end of things too. Um, that if there's a will, there's a way. And you just, I think if you approach it with an open heart, then it's going to go a lot better than if you approach it saying it's going to be hard because it is going to be hard. But if you know that it's going to be hard and you're willing to work through that, then it's, it's a wonderful thing. Right. So uh, being a woman for one thing and being a mom who is also homeschooling, you're with your kids 24 seven. So any mom who's in any kind of situation can already sense, you know, that there's going to be a little bit of stress that goes along with that situation. Um, but in a, take that and put it in a compact area. Plus your husband is now working from home and you're all together all the time. How did you find time to have alone time? Um, that is something that we really had to work on in our marriage as far as like just improving our communication skills, because there was times that I did feel like I was drowning, but I didn't realize it. And I didn't know necessarily how to verbalize it to Andrew, but he actually is the one that was like, Hey, I think you need to go to a coffee shop by yourself for a few hours and like sent me away. And that's when I was like, okay, I needed this. I need this time. And so we would kind of just make points for us to go do things solo. Um, Or we started like a rotational schedule for the boys on like Mondays and Wednesdays, we would let Corbin stay up for 30 minutes extra at night. So he had that one-on-one time with us. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, we would let Wyatt stay up and he would have one-on-one time with us. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the boys were in bed by 7.30 at the absolute latest. We always aimed for seven o'clock and really sticking to those bedtimes and respecting the boundaries we set as a family helped so much because then it gave Andrew and I time to like be adults and to just be together or 
I could go hang out in the bedroom and watch something, you know, browse my phone or watch something on Netflix and he could watch whatever he wanted in the living room. Um, it just gave us that freedom that we didn't have if we didn't respect those boundaries. I love that. I love that it forced you to problem solve and to communicate with each other and come up with a solution. So what would you say was the hardest part over your four, four and a half years of living in the RV? What was the, what would you say was probably your biggest struggle or the hardest part for you personally? Putting sheets on the bed. Putting sheets on the bed. I love that. I love that it, the problem was practical. But yeah, tell us about that. It was really hard. Um, so we, because we are tall people, like a king size bed was a non-negotiable in our RV. And so it fit great, but it butted up against the walls on both sides, about halfway up the bed into the slide. And so it, I just felt like it was an Olympic sport making the bed. Like I just knew I had to like mentally prep myself on sheet wash day that I, it was going to take me 30 minutes to like make this bed, you know, and like yeah. make it well and get everything in yeah. order. And that it was also a process because when we first moved in, I had all these beautiful throw pillows and all the things. And by the time we moved out, we literally had our sheets, a comforter, and we each had a pillow. And I so it was just, it got to the point of like, okay, I don't need to spend 30 seconds, 20 times a day picking up pillows off the floor, you know, or rearranging things. And so it just kind of like came down to like, what is most important? Like, yes, at the end of the day, I love throw, throw pillows. They're beautiful, but they became a source of like anxiety for me right. almost because it was like one more thing that I was having to move around on like bed day. Um, but yeah, the sheets in the bed was really hard. And then I love to cook. I like absolutely love to cook. I make sourdough a lot. So I did struggle a little bit with the counter space just because I would always have like 20 different cooking projects going on at one time, I felt like. And so um, I it just learned to like creating a rhythm and just being very um, thoughtful and like, okay, I want to do this today. I need to prepare ahead of time and make sure that like, the actual kitchen table is cleared off so I can use that as additional kind of space instead of relying on like our little island. Um, and so those two things were probably my biggest pain points, but not nothing that was like I couldn't work through and realize what they were and, you know, work through those challenges. Right. Okay. So two things that you talked about was washing. So sheet washing day. So how did y'all handle or manage laundry? Um, we did have a washer and dryer in our rig, but a lot of RVs are not set up to have washer and dryers in them, or a lot of people choose not to use that. Um, we did have that, but we also like in the same breath, we didn't always rely on that because we boondocked a lot. So we didn't have any hookups. We didn't, um, we were just out, um, in like the open. And so we were just pretty much self-sufficient, but we couldn't dump our tanks. So like laundry obviously is going to fill up your tanks a lot quicker. And so we just had to be very mindful about everything. Um, but when we did have the opportunity, I would try to do a load of laundry a day because the RV washers are much smaller than a regular washer. And I would stay on top of it. And then Sunday was bed washing day. And so I would strip everyone's bed and wash the sheets on Sunday. And that is usually a day that I would always go to the laundromat because it was so much easier to put, throw three sets of bedding 
in three washers and wash them at the same time and then throw them in the dryer um, versus trying to run it all through the RV um, washer and dryer because that would take twice as long because I could only do like half of the sheet set at a time. I couldn't wash one full set of bedding at one time. Right. I know for me, when I was, when we were living tiny in an RV, that that is one of the things that I learned and the routines that I established when we had a big house, we were able to throw it on the couch and it sit there for a couple of days or, but living tiny forces you to take care of things right away because it causes chaos when there's things started to pile up around you. Did you find that to be so as well that you, it taught you better habits of staying on top of your laundry? Absolutely. It actually taught me to like use timers that I would like set a timer when I put clothes in the washer. So when the washer was done, I could immediately move them to the dryer and I would set another timer. And then when they came out of the dryer, I would fold them, but it helped me be so much more efficient because it wasn't sitting in the washer for three hours before I remembered about it to move it to the dryer and I could get another load going, you know, so I could have both running simultaneously if I needed to. And then just the actual art of folding your laundry, as soon as it comes out of the dryer and putting it away, it was, it did not happen right away. There was a, a very long period of time where the laundry would get thrown on our bed. And then at night I would toss it onto the floor and then I would deal with it later because I was just too tired. But it got, I got to the point of building that habit of keeping track of it and not forgetting about it in the dryer until, you know, nighttime, because I was setting the timer. So I had that time in my day to actually take care of that task and complete the task. I love um, that. And that made a huge difference. I love that. I love that. So the second thing that I wanted to, to discuss, you talked about food. Um, obviously, you know, sometimes there's smaller food storage areas in a camper, smaller refrigerators, um, what was it like? How, did you find it hard to find storage for your food? Did you have less food in, in the camper at a time? Tell us about, um, what was it like buying groceries, storing groceries and what kind of routines or systems did you learn as you lived in the camper with how to manage food, how to manage meals and did you waste less food? I would love to hear all about the, the food area. So with food, um, I didn't necessarily buy less, but we did waste less. Um, if that makes sense, it, it was more like our food was way more out in front of us. Like our fresh fruit and our produce and stuff was always front and center the way that our storage worked or it was on the counter. So it was easily accessible and people were always going for it. And so that's like one habit that I absolutely love that we established is that we didn't have a lot of waste. Um, I think it's very specific to each RV and the size of it. Um, but for us, food was high on our priority list. And so we made sure that we got the biggest refrigerator possible for the RV and I devoted one whole section of cabinetry um, that a lot of people would probably use for storage for other like things or stuff, but we like used it for food and I would still continue shopping at Costco um, and trying to buy in bulk just because it made more financial sense for us um, to do that um, as we were traveling. So I would have keep as many dry goods as I could above. Um, and then I, I got a produce, like a little rolling cart, I think from Ikea, and we would keep all of our fresh produce on that. And then in the refrigerator and freezer, everything pretty much stayed 
status quo. The only thing that I couldn't do that I used to do is I couldn't meal prep as much. And I feel like, because when we lived in our house, I would make a lot of freezer meals um, so that I could just have food throughout the month that was easily made if we were busy one night or something. But I felt in the RV and it might've just been the way that I tackled it, but our freezer was always full of actual like food waiting to be prepared versus freezer meals. Um, and I, I don't, I don't really know why that changed, but it was a different of storage. Like we just didn't have as much freezer space. So I couldn't do that meal prep like I usually had done in the house, but it also wasn't as big of a deal because our lifestyle in the RV was completely different. And I feel like I had a different level of freedom, like time freedom. So I had the time each day to prepare a dinner for that night, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So your life felt a little more slowed down when exactly. you were, right. Even though you yeah. were, you were extremely busy with traveling and with activities and play, it wasn't that you were working at a nine to five job and having to come home and decide what dinner, what was for dinner that night. And so you were right. able to enjoy the process of cooking right then, instead of preparing meals for those days that you were busy because you were working. So I love that. I love that. Um, so, and I also love that you said that you prioritize food over stuff. And so your, your lifestyle with your food didn't really change your lifestyle with stuff changed. And so you, absolutely, yeah, you utilize what storage could be, could have been used for the things and you used it for the food in, instead. So I absolutely love that. I love that, that, and do you think when you move into your new house that you're currently building, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, do you think that you're going to go back to, um, meal prepping and planning ahead of time? I don't even know because the thought of having this big old kitchen that I'm going to have is just, it makes me so giddy. I just dream about it all the time. So I'm probably going to cook way too much initially just because I can. Um, but I think I would like to just because the kids are getting older, which is a whole different set of freedom because they can help me cook and they can help me do things. But they're also needing me a little bit more um, in the homeschool front right now. We're just working through a lot of stuff. And so I think if I could take the not that I don't have the time to make the meal, but the mental burden of knowing that I have to make the meal, if I can have that off my plate when I start the day, I think that would make me feel a little bit less stressed on my right. days just because of where we're at um, in this season of life with homeschool and just some of the things we're working through with that. Right. All right. We, we, we've talked a, a lot about uh, routines. Is there one thing that you tried that you, that just did not work. We would love to hear something that you tried. It, it could even be humorous if you wanted to, uh, that just did not work no matter what you did. Is there anything that, that did not work? We tried lots of things that fell flat on our face. <laughs> I'd love um, to hear about it. We, um, I got these clocks for the boys um, and they like change colors. They're like sound machines and they change colors at certain times and you can set the alarm to like change like a bedtime alarm. So when it changes to that color, it's time to go to bed. And when they, it changes 
to green in the morning, they could like wake up and come out of their room. So I got them these clocks because I was trying to give myself freedom in the mornings because that was a struggle. If I woke up at five o'clock, I felt like I woke the whole RV up at five o'clock. Right. Um, and that's just how my kids are. I, I just felt like they could, I don't know. It's not like they could hear me because I could have just been in bed awake, but it's like somehow they knew I was awake. And so I got them these little clocks. Um, and I made this rule. I set them for like eight o'clock. So I was like, you need to stay in your rooms until eight o'clock. And when the light turns green, you can come out then. Um, and I, maybe it was the, the clock or whatever. I don't know. That was just one thing we tried and it just, it, it worked for like a hot minute and then it just fell flat on our face. And it was like remembering to charge these clocks because they ran off a charge, which I loved because in the RV, we didn't have plugs to like keep stuff plugged in constantly. And I didn't like the clutter of the plugs. And so you could charge these like you would your cell phone and then put it on a shelf or put it in their bed or whatever. So that part of it like drew me to these clocks, but then they got to the point where they weren't really holding charges or we'd forget to charge them. And it just like, it's really hard to build a routine when you don't have the consistency of that routine. You right. Know? Right. Um, and then another thing I tried was these charts, which I love, and I'm going to bring the charts into our house. But in the RV, it was a little bit harder to use these tour charts because I was always so paranoid of stuff falling up underneath a slide and getting stuck and pulling the slide in and like ripping the floor, or breaking something. And so um, like they were run like with little magnets. They could like move their magnet over when they did the tour and whatnot. But I would always take the magnets down on travel days. And so that was another thing. It was like just our lifestyle wasn't conducive because it wasn't convenient for me. And I feel like when something's already hard and you're trying to create a routine to make your life easier, but you're having to add in all these steps of like, take down, put up, take down, put up, you're not making your life easier. You right. know? And so right. it's just not something that I ever followed through with um, on that front. Um, and then but just as far as like general travel organization, we tried to like, be really good and like book RV parks in advance and like plan our routes and stuff. And I don't know, a couple weeks into one of our trips, we're like, this is horrible. We are very much like, we love the freedom and that's what we like. That's what we learned about ourselves with that lifestyle. We loved not being tied down to anything, to any time, to any place. Um, is we just loved that freedom to go. And so then we stopped that routine, which we've created of trying to be proactive and, you know, plan ahead and just kind of um, following our guts and just rolling with it, you know? I love that. So simplifying across the board is really what you learned. A hundred percent. Yeah. So um, just maybe one routine that you found that did work while you were living in the camper. Um, Bedtime routine. And okay. I think I had touched on that a little bit earlier. And that's once we kind of pinpoint it, pin, um, pinned it down is like, that was our time that we were going to have together because I'm a morning person. I don't necessarily like waking up early, but I can, but Andrew will not, it's like not in his blood. He, he will not wake up one minute before he has to. And so, um, we were able to like narrow down, like, okay, this is our time. So right. we've got to be really like obedient and strict in this area of our lives. And so, and we were, and there'd be times when we were traveling or we'd be like 
hanging out with people and it would be like we, we'd had a rough day or a rough week with the kids and we'd cut that we'd be like okay like bedtime we gotta we, we gotta go you know because yeah. this is our time and we we really got to a point where we treasured that time and especially because we were traveling we didn't have babysitters we didn't have family it was just us and so it it was so eye-opening to see like what a strong routine what freedom that routine could give us you know and we really got to the point where we valued that that um nighttime together and just that that slow time in the evening i love that you said the freedom that routine can can give you because a lot of people will think oh routines are so rigid and they boss me around and they tell me what to do and i just can't do a routine because i'm not obedient or i'm a rebel or I don't want to be tied down, but that is so true. And I found that to be true in my own life, that freedom does bring so much, you know, our routines bring so much freedom. Um, and then when you do want to, you know, every once in a while go off of your routine, it doesn't throw the whole house out of whack because the habits, right. the habits and routine have already been established. And so it's really easy to get back on track. I know, and I'm so excited for y'all. You are currently building your house. And I would love for you to tell us how living tiny and living in an RV for the last four years has helped your decision-making in what comes into your house, how the house is built, what things are going to come into your house. Are you going to be protective of what comes into your house? Tell us how living tiny has helped you decide how to build your house and all the things that go with that. Um, it has helped so much and it is one of the things that I'm so, so grateful for. Um, Andrew and I drew designed our house ourselves. We drew the floor plan. Um, and it was very much, it was like the smoothest process for us. We knew exactly what we wanted um, which is very minimal. <laughs> and there was like no questions. Like it was, it's so easy when you know exactly what you need. And we do have some wants in there, but those are things that like we, we've lived without for almost five years and it's something that we still desire. So for us, that was very easy to say, okay, like if this is still important to us, we know that we value it and that we will use it. And for me, that was a bathtub. Like I had to have a bathtub back. And so just like it made it so easy to, to know what we wanted um, and to know how, like we wanted space, but we didn't want too much space. Like we came from 3000 square feet and that was way too much. And so we were just very conscious when we drew this house, we put all of the, as much square footage as we could into the living space in the kitchen because we love entertaining. We love having people over. We want to be able to be in the same room and not feel crowded. Um, and bedrooms aren't something that we utilize a lot other than to sleep in. And so we made our bedrooms much smaller um, in comparison to our last house. And so it just really helped guide us on what was important and what's not important. Um, as far as protecting what will come into the house, yes. Like I and so protective. I was very protective of what we brought into the RV. And that is one practice that I will not let go of because I so vividly remember the feeling that we had in our, the feelings that I had in our last house. And I don't want to go back to that 
Um, so I can't wait to get in there and create good systems. I know that we already have so much stuff that we have to get rid of because we saved so much stuff from our house and Katie, but I've already made a list of stuff in the storage that I know that I want or that we've saved that I can use so I don't have to go out and rebuy something. But if it's not on my list, I'm like 99% okay with parting with it. Right. When we get, get to that point in the storage. And so, um, yeah, I, I just want to love everything I bring in. I want everything to have a purpose. Um, I just have been very thoughtful about all of that. Right. I know for myself, it was very, it was exciting, but very overwhelming going from a small space to a large space. And I thought that I had to fill it up with stuff for it to feel cozy again. And I have learned that it's okay to have bare walls and it's okay to have bare floors. You came to my house and you saw the bare floor and you're like, wow, you have enough space for, you know, a dance. We could have a dance here. And I am just now almost four years into, um, living in our house, starting to fill it up a little bit more. And I, I'm so excited for you to be able to go through that process. And I would love to have you back on the show after you've been in your house and to give us a report on the transition and what it's been like for you. So I would love to have you back if you don't mind. Yes, of course. Okay. And I'm going to leave on this one thought or this one question, who is a tiny living for who do you feel like this lifestyle of RV living tiny living, even just temporarily living tiny, who is this for, who would benefit from doing what you do, did live in an RV for a temporary amount of time? I think everybody honestly could benefit from it. Um, even if it's just for a month, um, I think realizing, and it doesn't have to be an RV. If you were just in a a smaller space for a month or even on a trip. Like if you went on a trip for a month and you were literally just living out of a suitcase or two and you were, you were just so in tune with what you thought you needed to pack. And maybe if you forgot to pack something, what you had to go out and buy um, and what you thought about or what you missed and just really let those feelings like sink in and resonate with you. I think that you can carry so much away from that about what, Um, you truly need and want in your life and what brings you joy. I love that. And I wholeheartedly agree. And that's such a great idea to even just take a trip for a month and take the bare necessities and see how it changes you and the life lessons that you can learn from that. Well, Janelle, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your story with us. There is so much that you have taught us you've opened our eyes to a lot of things. I hope it gives our audience a lot to think about. And if they are thinking about living in an RV temporarily or downsizing, that this has given them some, some encouragement that they can do it too. They could be a normal family and do this. So thank you so much. And I cannot wait to have you back on the show in a couple of months to give us a follow-up of how your life is now in your new home. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Lisa. Hey friend, are you ready to dive in? 
start decluttering and become more productive in life and in business? Well, I have the solution for you. Head on over to habitsandhome.com slash freebies to grab my three-step guide for downsizing and decluttering any room in your home. This is the tried and true method I use with every client in my professional organizing business, and I know it will help you too. Also, I'd love to connect with you. You can find me hanging out with my family and renovating our farmhouse over on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time, I'm Lisa at the Habits and Home Show.